You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Hello, Colts fans, and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Sunday shocked a lot of people as the Colts were able to pull off a 20-17 home opener victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, today, Mike Chappell and I, Joe Hopkins, are going to discuss Indy's first win of the season by recapping the game. We'll get into some takeaways from that contest, and we'll also check in and see how the rest of the AFC South is doing before we get started here. How are you, Mike? Good. How are you? It, it's kind of funny. Uh, all the prop bets that Vegas and these guys have got, who had the Colts' first win of the season being against the Chiefs? Yeah, it was it was wild. You know, we went from being blown out 24 nothing in Jacksonville, then the Chiefs are coming up. We're just looking at each other sideways, seeing how the line is going from six to five to four, thinking, what are these guys doing? Lo and behold, the Colts uh, find a way to get their first win of the season against the best team that they've played so far. So let's go ahead and get into it. The 0-1-1 Colts hosting the 2-0 Chiefs. Week 3, Lucas Oil Stadium. The Chiefs defer after winning the toss, and the Colts start out on offense. But Indy would go 3-0 and out after Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor failed to connect on a pair of passes. Punter Matt Hawk tries to pin Kansas City back deep, and it's muffed by the rookie Sky Moore, hits his hands, recovered by tight end Kylan Granson, who dives on top of it. Colts ball at the four-yard line. Just like that, Indianapolis gets another chance. Two, two Jonathan Taylor runs, sets up third and goal from the run. We got Matt Ryan in the shotgun, three tight ends on the field, and Ryan finds Jelani Woods in the back of the end zone for the rookie's first career catch and first career touchdown. Chase McLaughlin's kick is good. Seven to nothing. The Colts take the lead early at Lucas Oil against the Chiefs, and that'll get the home crowd into it. Colts defense now up for the first time, and they force a three and out after Patrick Mahomes' deep pass on third down falls incomplete. Colts now, they have all the momentum, and they're trying to extend their lead. The offense is approaching midfield after a couple of first downs, but on third and six, a screen pass to Michael Pittman Jr. is sniffed out by Kansas City. The play loses a yard, and it's time for Matt Hawk's second punt of the game, and it's another beauty. 57 yards. Sky Moore lets it roll, and Grinson is able to keep his balance and down it at the one-yard line. After Grover Stewart stuffs a run on first down, Clyde Edwards Clyde Edwards excuse me, gains three yards on second, and that sets up third and seven, where Patrick Mahomes finds Travis Kelsey crossing the middle, but a great open field tackle by Stephon Gilmore stops Kansas City one yard short, and the Chiefs go three and out again. Ten yard punt return by Naheem Hines sets the Colts up at their 42 yard line. But they can't do anything with the good field position. Indy would fail to pick up a first down. Taylor stuffed on third and one. On fourth and one at Kansas City's 49-yard line, Frank Wright elects to go for it. Colts go with a play action from the shotgun. No one blocks the corner blitzing off the edge, and he blows up Matt Ryan. Hit as he throws, fumbles the football. Taylor dives on it at the 35. The Colts are honestly lucky the Chiefs didn't scoop and score on that fumble there. Mike, I want to talk about uh, not only, you know, 
the issue with the blitz, but I was a little perplexed by the call to go for it. At this point in the game, the offense hasn't really shown anything. The only reason they had the touchdown was because of the muffed punt. And the defense is playing so well, two, three and outs on Patrick Mahomes. I was kind of hoping, you know, they go for another field goal or I'm sorry, another punt there to pin him back once again and play the field position game. Instead, the decision to go for it blows up in their face. What are you thinking at this point in the ball game? There has to be a time where you get aggressive because I guess I think part of the thinking is how long can you hold Patrick Mahomes down? Even though you pin them back, potentially. I was okay with going for it. And when the play doesn't work, you should have tried something else. You know, run the ball while well, they try it a fourth and one a little bit later. We'll talk about it, didn't get it. So I was okay for it. I, I just think that at midfield, fourth and one, you ha- against the Chiefs again, who are a potent team you have to be selectively aggressive and I was okay with the aggression at that point yeah I I guess maybe personally for me just feeling the momentum of the game and how it was going I would have loved to see the Colts just pin them back keep that momentum instead it swings to the Chiefs who now need just 35 yards to reach the end zone third and seven Mahomes finds Travis Kelsey who beat Bobby O'Karake in coverage and picks up 29 yards, giving Kansas City a first down. The very next play, they finish things off with a three-yard touchdown. But on the point after, special teams would come up and hurt the Chiefs once again. Harrison Bucker, their normal kicker, out for this game with an injury. His replacement, Matt Amendola, pushed the extra point try wide left, and the Colts keep the lead 7-6. to six. Indianapolis drive now starts as the first quarter is coming to an end. Ryan gets Indy into Chiefs territory after converting two third downs through the air and connecting with Alec Pierce on a 17-yarder over the middle. But on third and seven from the 23, the Colts try another Michael Pittman screen pass, and it stopped once again for a loss. McLaughlin comes out to try his first field goal as a Colt since he was with the team in 2019. He sneaks it through just inside the left upright, and the Colts extend their lead by four. Uh, 10-6 is the score. Chiefs offense now trying to wake up. They go on a 10-play drive that took nearly five minutes off the clock, but on third and nine near midfield, Mahomes throws across his body, can't connect with Juju Smith-Schuster, and Kansas City punts this time, pinning the Colts back at their own one-yard line. First down now, Ryan out of the shotgun gives Pierce a jump ball down the right sideline. The rookie comes down with it. Beautiful catch for a 30-yard gain. That'll give you some breathing room. Second and nine now, Ryan scrambles to his left, but he doesn't feel the pressure chasing him down from behind. He's hit as he tries to throw. Fumbles. This time, the Kansas City defense is able to come up with it. Chapel. This was kind of a theme throughout the day where it seemed like Matt Ryan wasn't feeling some of the pressure around him, and it it resulted in a couple of fumbles. Yeah, this is the one that bothered me the most because, again, he he breaks containment because of pressure, and and, and once he kind of gets to the corner, he's got to realize there's pursuit, and the pursuit's going to be quicker than he is. And that's one. there, There was one later in the game where Mahomes had a similar play, and he threw it away. As he was going down. And obviously, in retrospect, that's what Ryan should have done. You have to kind of understand your limitations and outrunning anybody behind you 
is not one of his strengths. Uh, certainly not. This gives the Chiefs great field position. They take over at the Colts' 21-yard line, 10-yard pass to Smith-Schuster, 9-yard pass to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and a one-yard run by Travis Kelsey gives the Chiefs a first and goal from the one-yard line with two minutes and a half left. Uh, two minutes left in the half, that is. A couple plays later, Edwards-Alaire would slip into the end zone. The Chiefs take the lead 12 to 10 and decide to go for it, make up for the mixed extra point from earlier. Mahomes scrambles, keeps the play alive, finds Travis Kelsey near the goal line. Kelsey loses the ball as he hits the ground, but it's ruled a catch and a score. 14-10 Chiefs uh, with the lead now by a full four points. Mike, what did you think of the call there? I, I, I get I'm probably a little biased. I didn't think that it should be called a catch, let alone a catch and a score. They were talking on the broadcast that uh, the officials sort of had to, had to make the initial call that as soon as he was down, as soon, as soon as his knee hit, he was across the goal line before other things happened. So I, I didn't agree with it either because it looked like he never really crossed the goal line and then certainly didn't have control as he, as he hit the goal line. But that's when it, it's – again, they called it uh, two points on the field, and I guess it was hard to overturn, but – from what I saw, it should have been overturned. Yeah, Kelsey, in my opinion, doesn't really have full control of the ball the whole time. It's kind of, you know, wobbling around in his hands. And then he completely loses it as he goes to the ground. I still have no idea what a catch is in the NFL, but the Chiefs get two points for it. Um, Colts now have a minute and 46 seconds left to retake the lead before the half. But Matt Ryan throws three straight incompletions. But a defensive holding on third down extends the drive for the Colts for a moment. First down after the penalty, Matt Ryan is sacked by Frank Clark, who I believe on that play completely just tossed Danny Pinter out of the way, who had a tough game at that right guard position. Colts would have to punt, but not without making the Chiefs use all of their timeouts. Indy is able to hold Mahomes for the final 34 seconds in that half, and we go into halftime with a 14-10 ball game. Chiefs now get the ball to start the third quarter, and they're driving. After converting fourth and one, the Chiefs have a first down at the Colts' 13-yard line. Mahomeson picks up 10 more yards with his legs, setting up a first and goal from the three. Colts stuff the Chiefs on first and second down. Third and goal from the two. Mahomes' pass for Kelsey is knocked away by Kenny Moore, who was just face-guarding him on the play, but was lucky enough not to get called by the for a penalty and to have his arm right where it needed to be to knock the ball down. Fourth down, a delay-of-game penalty on Kansas City pushes them back from the two to the seven, where they then opt for the field goal too far out to try and go for the touchdown. Uh, Kansas City's 14-play, seven-minute drive ends with just three points, and it's still one-score ball game, 17-10. to 10. Colts with the ball, and a healthy dose of Jonathan Taylor and a 26-yard pass to Michael Pittman gets them inside of Kansas City's uh, 20 down to their 19. But on second and three, Taylor is stuffed for a three-yard loss. Then on third down, no one decides to block the linebacker, blitzing right up the middle. Ryan is sacked for an 11-yard loss backing the Colts up to their 33-yard line. McLaughlin comes out for a 51-yarder, and it's good 
with room to spare. Colts trim the lead down to four, 17 to 13. Mike, I don't, I don't know about you, but it was a great feeling seeing a Colts kicker hit a kick from 50 plus. Yeah, and, that, and we, we we talked earlier about this. At times, you're going to have to opt for those long field goals, and and you've got to have faith that your kicker gives you the chance. And I tell you, over his career, it, it's kind of funny. I, I I was more confident in the 51 yarder than I was the shorter one earlier. Was it 42 yards or 43 yards, whatever it was? Those are the ones that McLaughlin's had problems with. Remember, it was 10 for 21 on 40 plus yard kicks, 40 to 49. So uh, you just you just have in games like this you have got to keep you've got to be able to finish drives. Certainly you want touchdowns, but failing touchdowns put points on the board so you continue to put pressure on the other team. In this case, the Chiefs. Yep, and in this case, McLaughlin gives them right what they need. Uh, Chiefs looking to respond, and they drive again into Colts territory. First and ten at the twenty-three. Quidipe stuffs Jarek McKinnon for a one-yard loss. Incompletion on second down sets up third and 11. The pass rush gets to Mahomes, who can't step up into the, into the throw. His pass falls short of his intended wide receiver. And on fourth and 11, the Chiefs send out their field goal unit to try a fake, fake field goal. But the Colts are all over it. They're ready for it. The holder's pass falls incomplete, and the Colts take over at their 24. Still down, just four points with a little over 13 minutes left in this game. You know, if you, if you, if you, if you want to argue fake punt or fake field goal, it was fourth and 11. It's not like you needed, you know, three yards or whatever. And I thought I saw somewhere where somebody said, well, if the, if the guy doesn't overthrow Noah, they get the first down. Okereke was there. He, he would have run him out of bounds after about two yards. So I think that showed you the, the incredible lack of confidence that they have in the backup kicker, which again, like I say, you've got to have confidence that your kicker can do his job. And in this case, I don't believe Andy Reid did. Yeah, special teams really swung this game. It was huge, and we'll we'll get a little more into that during takeaways. Colts now still down for, by a few points. They take over at their 24. Um, let's see, just over 13 minutes left in the ball game after a quick first down. Pittman gets him in the Kansas City territory with a 25-yard catch and run. And third and six from the 36, Matt Ryan finds Granson right near the first down marker. It's initially ruled a first down, but Kansas City challenged the spot and won. Fourth and short from the 31-yard line. Colts go for it. Jonathan Taylor takes the handoff and tries to dive over the pile, but the Chiefs are right there to meet him. They stop Taylor, and the Colts again turn it over on downs. Indy's defense now trying to come up with another big stop. It's third and 13. Mahomes buys time and finds Juju Smith-Schuster, who breaks a tackle and takes off for a 53-yard gain, the longest play for the Chiefs on the day. But the Colts would prevent Kansas City from gaining another first down. Pressure on third and seven forced Mahomes to just throw the ball away, and Amendola comes out to try a 34-yard field goal and sails it wide left. It's still a 17. Basically a PAT. Yeah, basically a PAT. It's it's not a challenging field goal, the kind of field goal a professional kicker should be able to make. Uh, It wasn't, you know, it it wasn't the largest miss 
I've ever seen in my life, but it did not go through the uprights. It's still 17 to 14 ball game with eight and a half minutes left. The Colts need to score a touchdown. They're down four, and they've managed just two field goals since their opening touchdown with, you know, just three minutes into the game after the muffed punt. Two Taylor runs sets up a third and three. Matt Ryan throws to Paris Campbell, who stops short of the first down. It's fourth and one from their own 33 in the Colts. You know Frank Wright, he's going to go for it. A quarterback sneak picks up a huge first down for Indianapolis. Mike, that was one gutsy call. But you had to. I mean, again, I go back to what I said earlier. How often can you, can you just anticipate or hope to keep Mahomes to a three and out or a short drive and and there's a very good chance if they punt, they don't get the ball back. So it was a gutsy call and, and maybe a gutsy talk. I'm, I'm not sure what, what Matt Ryan's success rate is on quarterback sneaks. It's too bad they couldn't, you know, we were thinking, you know, where's Jacoby Brissett when you need him on a play like that? But it was a great call. I think he kind of slid between Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly and got the yards they needed. Got what they need a couple plays later. Colts face third down again. They need six yards for the first down. The Chiefs come with the blitz. The Colts, again, fail to pick up the blitz, and Matt Ryan is sacked. But after the play, defensive tackle Chris Jones had some words for Ryan as they both got up from the sack. It's called unsportsmanlike conduct on the Chiefs. Jones gets the penalty. Not sure what he said, but he said enough to keep the Colts' drive alive, and the 15 yards sets Indianapolis up at the 46, first and 10. The Colts keep it moving now. They pick up a couple first downs, including a clutch third and three conversion to Michael Pittman Jr. We now hit the two-minute warning. Colts milking clock, and they have a first down at Kansas City's 29. But a Matt Pryor holding call is going to back them up. Now first and 20. A draw play on first down gets 13 yards back. Taylor with a nice run on that one. Matt Ryan then finds Pierce on a comeback for 14 more yards. Clock still ticking, down to about 30 seconds. It's first down at the 12-yard line. Ryan goes to Pierce, and a Ryan goes to Pierce again, but this time it's knocked away. Good play by the defender. Second down now, 24 seconds left. Ryan in the shotgun. He finds who? Big Jelani Woods once again. Woods crossing the middle. It's a touchdown. The Colts take the lead. The rookie has two catches in his career, both on the same day, both for touchdowns. It's the Colts' first lead since the second quarter, and the extra point is good as well. 20 to 17 with just 24 seconds left. But the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, and they still have all three of their timeouts. On the kickoff, the Colts' coverage is great. They stopped the return man at the 15, and the play took an extra six seconds off the clock. But at the end, EJ Speed is called for unnecessary roughness penalty on the sideline. That's a huge 15 yards when all Kansas City needs is a field goal to tie the game. The Chiefs' drive starts at the 30. The first down pass is knocked down by who? EJ Speed making up for his penalty. Second down now. Mahomes has time, and he finds Marquise Valdez-Scantling for 24 yards. Kansas City uses a timeout. And there's now eight seconds left. Chiefs have the ball at Indy's 46. And they have enough time for one play to get into field goal range. 
Mahomes double pumps, tries to hit Juju Smith-Schuster on a slant. It's knocked into the air by Stephon Gilmore and intercepted by Rodney McLeod. The Colts win, final score, 20-17. to The Colts are now 2-1 and versus Patrick Mahomes um, as Mahomes is a starter. And more importantly, the Colts advance to 1-1-1. One, one, and one, they pick up their first win on the year. It's it's a huge game going into next week where the Colts play Tennessee. Mike, before we get into takeaways, safety Julian Blackman left the game with an ankle injury and did not return. Was there any other injuries that I missed, and do we have an update on Blackman? Stefan Gilmore had a hamstring. I think it was at the end of the second quarter, but he came back in and played. Of course, the second half played pretty well. Uh, no, that that's really it. And what was interesting with the Blackman injury is they brought out uh, Rodney Thomas. Who, who, he's the backup free safety, but hadn't played a ton. So it was just – and he had a couple of really, really good plays. Uh, so that that was it. They they continue to knock on wood, avoid major injuries. So uh, – and there's no update on Blackman. We'll see. He was he 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 tested the ankle on the sidelines and it just wasn't it wasn't letting him have the movement or the cutting that he needed. We'll get an update on Blackman throughout the week. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone so we can inform you with that news when we get it. You can follow Mike on Twitter at mchapel51. You can follow me on Twitter at Roto Street Joe. All right, takeaways now. The major takeaway of this game has to be how well the Colts defense played and that they played so well because their pass rush finally showed up. They held Mahomes under 20 points for just a sixth time in his career. Mahomes is now 39 and two when the chiefs give up 26 or fewer points and both losses now are against the Colts. Yannick Ngakwe got to Mahomes for his first sack as a Colt and the Colts pressured Mahomes on 38% of his dropbacks per ESPN Stephen Holder. Mahomes was just 2 of 11 for 63 yards when pressured. Mike, heck of a difference having a pass rush makes. I don't know what they said to these guys to get them juiced up. Maybe it's playing in front of that home crowd on that home turf or what. But what did you think out of this pass rush? That, that, that's what we've, we've been waiting for. They, you know, For Gus Bradley's defense to work, it's pressure by, primarily by the front four. I thought DeForest Buckner had a strong game. For a guy with no sacks, I think he had uh, two quarterback pressures, and, and he really forced – I think he's the one that forced Mahomes into uh, Ngakwe for the sack. So that's what you want. Now, there, there were a few blitzes and pressures elsewhere. O'Kara came and had a couple of nice blitzes to, to force him out. But that's what – again, that's what you have to do. You, 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 you rush with four and you have coverage, and – we hadn't seen that for two games. I realize, you know, with Trevor Lawrence and Jackson, it, it was a lot of timing, quick stuff. But if this front four can, can play like this, it gives this defense a chance. It does. And speaking of Buckner, I, maybe was, this was just something that I noticed, but I kind of thought he rushed from a defensive end spot a little more than I'm used to seeing him. He got out on that end and was really effective from that position. And that's what they were. They like this kind of position flexibility. Tyquan Lewis has that. Quiddy pays some, but yeah, they put Buckner on the outside, left outside, opposite in Gawkway. And I thought this was Buck's best game. 
He, I think he's been kind of quiet the first two weeks. Grover Stewart played well again, and we'll get to the run stuffing. But uh, this is what we expected from Bradley's defense. You still want to see some more takeaway opportunities. They've got, what is it, two takeaways, the defense, in, in three games. But uh, very, very encouraging that as long as this offense still is struggling, and it is, the defense has got to keep games winnable. Yeah, speaking of the run, they shut that down. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was averaging 7.7 yards per carry coming into the game. He finished with seven runs for zero yards. The Colts held Kansas City to 2.5 yards per carry. And a lot of that was Mahomes scrambling. He led the team with 26 rushing yards on four carries. So they really shut down uh, Kansas City's conventional running game. Mike, we kind of wondered going into the season, shutting down the run was something the Colts were always pretty good at. With Eberflus, we wondered if they would sacrifice that a little bit under Gus Bradley. That has not been the case at all. Yeah, I think their rush defense is like third in the league now. Uh, and that, that's what, you know, as these guys say, the defensive lineman says, if we don't stop the run, we can't rush the passer. It, it sounds pretty simple, but it's true. And you kind of hope this is one of those years that Grover Stewart gets his due because he does, he does some of the dirty work, although he's getting pressure on the interior as well. But he's just a mass inside and tough to move, and he keeps making plays in the run game. You could make the argument that Grover Stewart, at least consistently from game to game, has been the Colts' best defensive player. Uh Maybe their best player at overall because, you know, Taylor had the big game week one, hasn't done so much since. Pittman's been pretty good, but missed week two. Grover Stewart, week after week, has shown up in a big way for this Colts team. And, that, again, that's what they need because it's you've got the stars, the big-time guys on the outside, and one of these days they'll get Shaq Leonard back. But you need the guy in the, in the interior to just kind of anchor things, and that's what Grover does. And, Mike, the Colts would not have won this game if it wasn't for special teams. I mean, they just that, – that, that had to be the most lopsided area in the game is what Kansas City's special teams did versus what the Colts' special teams did. McLaughlin's 51-yard field goal was the first 50-plus-yard field goal the Colts have made since week 15 of 2020. McLaughlin was perfect on the day. Two field goals, two extra points, zero kickoffs out of bounds. Meanwhile, the Chiefs missed a 34-yard field goal in the fourth quarter as well as an extra point in the first quarter, and they were unsuccessful on their fake field goal. And, oh, yeah, by the way, their punt team uh, muffed a punt and gave the Colts their first score of the game. Um, The Colts' punt team, on the other hand, was terrific. Obviously, they covered the muffed punt, and they pinned Kansas City down at the one-yard line to start the game. Mike, we talk about how special teams can flip games. We've seen the Colts lose games because of special teams. It's nice to see them win because of it. Yeah, and, you know, Matt Hawk is uh, three kicks, uh, 51-3 uh, gross, 47-3 net, dropping two inside the, the – in, inside the 10, really, w- w- including the muff and the one that Kylan Granson downed at the one. The Chiefs had, what was it, 12 yards on the two-punt return. So it's, it's like the old – it's a hidden yardage that's just there. But then, but then it's making your kicks. You know, if this team makes its kicks, it's two and one. You know, if, if, if. But that, that that's what you need. And we'll see if this continues because, they you know, as we've talked earlier, that they've lost some key members on special teams. 
from years past, but you've got guys emerging now. And Bubba Ventrone has to be very happy the way his group played on Sunday. So the pass rush emerges in week three, the special teams unit uh, and the kicker kind of emerge in week three. There were some rookies in, for the Colts emerging in week three as well. They really came up big. Obviously, Jelani Woods was huge in the red zone with the two touchdowns. And Pierce really looked good out there as well. He caught three of his five targets for 61 yards. All three of his catches went for first downs. Um, and you mentioned Rodney Thomas, the seventh-round rookie, filled in at safety. He played 35 snaps, targeted just twice, and had a terrific pass breakup on a deep pass where you know it, it was called back for offensive holding anyway. But... If he doesn't knock that pass away and cover quite a bit of ground to do so, that's a touchdown for the Chiefs. Um, obviously, the holding took it back anyway, but Rodney Thomas really played well on that play. And if uh, Blackman misses extended period of time, they're really going to need him and the veteran McLeod to step up. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny. There's always these little notes and things about players. And Jelani Woods, it's, it's just kind of crazy. He's a Colts. He's the first Colts rookie tight end with two receiving TDs in a game since John Mackey in 1963. So you know, and they, and they've had some good tight ends. So and, and we he's just scratching the surface, but it was good to see both uh, Woods and Pierce make plays. The 14 yarder that Pierce made on the winning drive where he stretches and that's a tough catch. That's just a tough catch, and he's coming off of the concussion. And he, uh, Ryan, was asked after the game, how, you know, you see these guys in practice and they make plays. You know, how do you, how do you know if it's going to tra- you know transition into games? He said, you just have to find out in games. Are they going to flinch? And these rookies, at least in this game, didn't flinch. Yeah, it was. It was I was laughing uh, on my couch for that Woods first touchdown because he jumped way too early. But it doesn't, didn't matter. He was so wide open. He was still able to make the catch. Pierce with that 30-yarder down the sideline where Ryan just gave him a jump ball and he just beat the defender with his size, his length. I mean, that's the exact kind of play you imagine him making when the Colts drafted six foot three wide receiver with a 40-inch vertical. Uh, very encouraging to see the young player step up. On an offense where we talked about, the Colts were counting on rookies to make large contributions if they were going to go far this season because they didn't have established depth at tight end, at wide receiver. We kind of wondered, how were the Colts going to replace Jack Doyle's blocking? Well, it turned out to be Mo Cox staying in to block a little bit more. He stayed in to block on Jelani Woods' first touchdown. Um, and relying on rookie Woods, the second-year man, Granson, to be more pass catchers where Mo Alleycox uh, is more reliable in the blocking game, and so he has to take over a little bit more of those duties and can't always go out in the route to catch a pass. Last takeaway here, Mike, there's still a lot of work to do left on offense, specifically on the offensive line. Matt Ryan was sacked five times against the Chiefs, and that's the second week in a row he was sacked five times. So the 37-year-old is going to be sore too early in the year to get your quarterback this beat up. The Colts have to figure something out. Not only was he sacked five times, but he fumbled on two of the sacks. Twelve sacks so far this year for the Colts. It's currently the third most behind just Cincinnati and Washington, who both have 15. But still, Matt Ryan was 27 of 37 
for 222 yards, a pair of touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he was 8 of 10 on the game-winning drive. Um, talk to me about pass protection. It, listening to the, uh, uh, the broadcast, Tony Romo, who knows a thing or two about being a quarterback in the NFL, he was kind of explaining that a lot of the blitzes that weren't picked up was due to a lack of communication between Ryan, the center of the running back. The Colts have to get this figured out. God, there had to be, what, four or five, maybe six free shots, guys coming in free. And that, yeah, he just says that's, you know, and some of it was up the middle a couple of times, it was on the edge. Uh, the, the, the fumble or the early fumble where, I don't know if it was Sneed or someone comes off in, in, in Ryan's face, just clean. And when you don't have time to, you know, he was saying throw it, throw it, but boy, I tell you, it, you've got to give the play a little bit of time to develop. And when the guy gets times it that well and gets in, and then the ones up the middle are concerning because whether that's the quarterback and the center not being together, you know, there was a couple where, where Ryan steps to his right to help Pinter or to double team somebody and just get somebody, you just gave the guy a clean shot, Bolton or somebody up the middle. But you cannot, it's a great win. What, what's, what's good about this, you, you play Houston and do so many things wrong, and it, it's, it's hard to make them teaching moments in a positive way because you tie. In this one, at least you've got teaching moments and you can win. They have got to get the, the protection cleaned up, whether that's Ryan, whether it's Danny Pinner at, at right guard. I thought Matt Pryor played pretty well. I thought he and uh, Braden Smith held up pretty good on the edges because, again, other teams, are go- they're going to get pressure. You know, KC's got some good pressure people. So, uh, but you just can't give these clean shots on a quarterback who's not going to evade clean shots like that. And and part of it, again, is on Ryan. We go back to the one where he fumbled uh, when he's rolling to his left and, and he's got someone behind him. you got to have better, better pocket presence than that. But at least they can do these this cleanup act from a win. But there is things to clean up, including the run defense or the, 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 the rushing game. It's not there yet. It's not quite there. Taylor was held to 71 yards on 21 carries. He and Hines uh, averaged just 3.2 yards per carry together. And the Colts as an offense averaged just 3.8 yards per play. Um, You know, the more that I keep talking here, the more I wonder how they were able to come away with the victory. That just kind of shows how glaring the special teams were, how glaring the defense were. Those two units really carried this team. And, of course, Matt Ryan and the offense um, came up big in the fourth quarter when they needed it, go on that long drive. They were helped by Chris Jones' personal or unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Mike, do you know what he might have said or have any idea how that got called on him? Because that really did give the Colts a second chance where they probably would have had to punt. There has to be a, a list of like five or six words that you just can't say. And he obviously said one of them. Uh, the pool report with the official after the game, he said he used abusive language towards Ryan. Chris Jones really didn't say, elaborate a lot. Although I tell you, he didn't complain a whole lot. I mean, it, it, in a play like that, if a, if a player is really, really believes he, he was, he shouldn't have been penalized, he, he's more demonstrative. We tried to get to Matt Ryan after the game, and he just wouldn't get into it. And 
Of course Ryan knows what he said. He was, he, he, they were face mask to face mask. So he heard whatever was said. But that was such a huge play because the Colts were sending the punt team on. And they, they might not have got the ball back. So you just have to watch it. I, I'm guessing this will come out. The, the official said what was said will be in the, the official's report. Maybe that gets out to the media. I don't know. But uh, it, it's you just can't put your defense, your team, in that situation because it, it, it erased a great play, a sack, and it, it allowed the – now, the Colts still had to make plays, but it gave them a chance to make plays. It did. It, it, it was such a strange game, but, Mike, you say every year there's going to be games that you should win that you lose, and there's going to be games that you should lose where you end up winning. Um, you look at what happened with – uh, Houston and Jacksonville and the Colts come away feeling like, you know, they really let those go. And then what do you know? The 2-0 Chiefs stroll in Indianapolis and the Colts come away with a W. Let's take a look around the AFC South here before we wrap things up. Jacksonville leads the division at 2-1 and one after just obliterating the Chargers in L.A. 38-10. to Mike, Trevor Lawrence has arrived. He was 28 28- for I believe that's 39, uh, for 262 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers. Lawrence's 103.1 passer rating on the year is currently sixth best in the NFL. The Jaguars look like they're no longer a pushover, Mike. They might be contending for a division title this season. It's amazing what a legitimate coach and a legitimate offensive coach can do for the number one pick in the draft. He look, Lawrence looks like night and day, night and day, and if he, if they can carry this on, they're gonna it'll it'll be them that either the Colts or Tennessee has to contend with, uh, not just the Colts and Tennessee. So uh, it's really kind of encouraging to see Jacksonville from the outside. Now, if you're a Colts fan, not so much, but it, it it's just it, it just shows you what a, a quality coach quarterback coach can do for a, a, a talent like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and you look at Jacksonville, they have a solid offensive line. Brandon Sheriff coming over uh, at guard really helped solidifying that line there. James Robinson, it, it, if you told me that he tore his Achilles just nine months ago, I wouldn't believe it if I didn't already know. He had another 100 yards rushing on Sunday, and he's the only player that has a rushing touchdown in each of the three weeks to start this season. He looks excellent. No, by the way, they have a first-round pick running back behind him who, who's explosive and can do some things as well. <coughs> Excuse me. The Colts are currently second in the division with a very unique record of 1-1-1. One, one, and one. The Titans are third. They got their first win after holding off the Raiders' late comeback attempt. They won 24-22. to stopped a Raiders two-point conversion that would have tied things up late in the game. Derrick Henry had his most productive outing of the season with 143 rushing yards and a touchdown on 25 touches. Five catches from Henry. Don't always see that. The Colts host the one and two Titans this Sunday. So be ready for our preview show for that because that's going to be a big one. We already know Jim Irsay has that game circled on his calendar. Uh, the caboose of the division, last place, the Texans. They remain winless after a heartbreaking loss in Chicago. A late Davis Mills interception set the Bears up for their game-winning field goal. And Houston falls 
to 0, 2, and 1. That'll do it for us today. Please join us on Thursday when we're going to preview the Colts matchup with the Tennessee Titans. Dave Griffiths will join us for that, and hopefully the Colts will be 2, 1, and 1. Mike, I'm going to have to get used to this extra 1 all season. It messes everything up. It, it, It just does. But it's kind of funny, and you never know. As the Colts were, were sort of told themselves after the opening tie, that's what got Pittsburgh in the playoffs last year. So we'll see if that if that annoying one tie uh, serves the Colts well at the end of the season. I'd have I'd rather have that extra annoying one hanging out there than have that in the loss column. So we'll take it. Thank you so much for listening us to us Colts fans. Make sure you subscribe and download again follow us on twitter at colts blue zone join us on thursday and until then enjoy the win because you never know when they're going to come 